You're listening to the Brummers Blue Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from around the club. Hit that subscribe button as we welcome our hosts, Craig Hadley and Kaz Smith. Welcome back to the Brummies Blue podcast. It's certainly been a while, but it's good to be back once again, back for the fifth season of the show. And we're mixing it up a bit this year and we'll be releasing monthly shows starting with tonight's show. I'm Craig, for those who don't know, host of the show. And for any new listeners, I'm currently acting chair of the Birmingham City Women's Supporters Group. My co-host will be a familiar face to some. Kaz has been around the Blues for a long time now. And she's certainly one of the more vocal members of the fan base. Great to have you back for another season, Kaz. How has your year been so far? Oh, like everybody else, it's rubbish, mate. But hey-ho, we've got to get through it, ain't we? Absolutely. Uh, For those joining us live on Twitter Spaces, be kind to us. It's our first time using this platform for the show. But I saw how well it uh, goes for the Roker Report and the Sunderland Women Show. So I thought I'd try it out this time. Uh, if at any time in tonight's show you wish to say something on any topic, send us a request. I think the request symbol is at the bottom of the screen, uh, whoever's on, the, on their phones, and you'll be able to hop into the show. Uh, let's get into it then. A lot has happened since we last went live. 11 players have left the club, including three of them to our arch rivals. Our former boss has taken uh, over, over the club down the road. <laughs> that feels like such a long time ago now. And we've also welcomed a new manager ourselves, or we did, in, in the shape of Scott Booth. His tenure in, the, uh, in charge of the club ended on Thursday, which, of course, we'll come on to. 13 players have arrived, including WSL winner Louise Quinn from Fiorentina. We've moved homes, now playing our home games at St Andrews, home of the men's side. Tony Elliott has been promoted from his role as goalkeeping coach to assistant manager. And as recently as today, Darren Carter has been put in charge of the women's team on an interim basis. Have I missed anything, Kaz? Because that's quite a lot of things to happen since since the summer. It is, isn't it? A hell of a lot. No, I think I think we'll get there. We'll get there, indeed. Now, we've touched on the main uh, points from the past few months. Let's go into a bit more detail. It's the third summer in the row, Kaz, that we've had pretty much sign an entire new squad. Last year, a lot, of the bad, uh, a lot of the bad stuff came out in the media about the working conditions, amongst other things. Do you see this trend continuing, especially with Scott sacking this week, despite signing a three-year contract this summer? Um, well, what's been, in, been put in the press, um, apparently we're still getting kicked off the tra- training ground and stuff for the kids. Um, so I, I would say, yes, it's still looking that way, like... The club aren't backing the women 100% like they should be. Getting only, what, less than a quarter of a, uh, half a million pounds to put into the club when other clubs are getting, like, between one to four million pounds per season. Um, I just think we're going to get left behind with all the, unfortunately, like all the other clubs, like the Yorvilles and the Sunderlands. Yeah, it's a, it's a situation that's been building over a number of years now. And Booth came in from Glasgow City, the most successful team in the Scottish Premier League. What did you make of the appointment at the time, Gads? At the time, I thought it was, it was a good appointment. Obviously, he had Champions League experience and worked with a few good players up in Scotland. Um, he obviously, Scotland League's obviously completely different to our league. Like You can see that now with Charlie Wellens um, scoring left, right and centre for uh, Celtic. But I thought it was a good appointment. Like I was, I was upset that Carla, had, like the club, hadn't did the best to keep Carla. Um, 
So, yeah, when Scott came in, I was still a bit apprehensive about him being manager, but... Yeah, it, it, it did feel with me at the time that he was leaving a position which was fairly comfortable, a team which was doing... Most most years would be winning something. And then to take a risk at managing a club in the WSL, it was always going to be a big big risk for him to, to take that job. And I don't think anyone really expected him to, go, uh, to be gone so fast, really. And the club have obviously been panicked by the ever-growing prospect that the club is heading for the drop. Did, did the sacking surprise you, Kaz? Um, in all honesty, I'm going to say no, because we can't go that many games without winning a game and something not happening. For me, I think it should have came uh, maybe just a little bit sooner to get somebody in properly instead of getting interim in for the rest of the season or however long he's uh, in charge for. But yeah, I, I, I said it on Twitter, I felt like I'd rather have had Marta back in charge and that's that's saying something, that's the way we were going down. Yeah, I just I just can't see where what his plan was, in all honesty. I still can't see it now, looking back at all the games. I just don't know what his plan was, if he had a plan A, plan B, or even a plan C. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it wasn't, wasn't a shock to me anyway. Yeah. It, it does come before the international break as well, so it gives them time to work on the training ground for those who aren't going away with their, their national sides. And now Darren Carter, former Birmingham City player in his own right, has been named as interim head coach, likely until the end of the season. Former Blues boss... <coughs> sorry. Former Blues boss Marcus Bignot joins in a non-specified role as part of Carter's backroom staff, with the remaining members of Scott's team staying on too. Whilst I would have liked to see someone maybe like Gemma Davis come in, I can see there has been a real positive reaction to the appointment of Carter. Darren has helped coach West Bromwich Albion's women's side this season, coming in in September. He's from the area, having been born in Solly Hall which might um, explain why his final club playing football was Solly Moors, where he spent four years before he left in the summer. What do you make of the uh, the Carter appointment, Cast? first of all, coming just days after uh, Booth's departure? Uh, they obviously had him in mind, by the looks of it. Well, I don't think people are going to like my my answer to this, because for me, I want somebody who's who knows what they're doing in the women's game. Like, I was expecting somebody like Willie Kirk or somebody to come in, like you said, Gemma. We don't want somebody who's just going to, I don't know if he is going to use it as a stepping stone into management, but still, that's what it's coming across as. You've brought Marcus in with him when, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say Marcus was a good fit for the club anymore. Um, obviously, what happened last season, when especially when it came to derbies and he was bad-mouthing the club off. So, yeah, I'm, do you know what? I'm pleased that it's somebody who's local and knows the area and stuff. I don't want it just to be a short-term fix. I want a long-term plan. I don't want just, oh, well, let's see if Darren can keep us up for the season. Do you know what I mean? If a if a proper manager like Scott can't do anything, then who's to say Darren Carter's going to do the job as well? Yeah, I, I would. I, I think long-term is what we need to be looking at. Obviously, I thought I thought we were going to get long-term when they um when Scott signed that three-year deal, but it it didn't turn out that way, unfortunately, and. As you mentioned, Marcus is also back, as previously mentioned, went over to, in to to be instrumental in Aston Villa's survival last season. But before that, was part of a dynamic dynamic duo with David Parker, in which we enjoyed our most successful years at Birmingham City. Before that, too, he was manager in his own right. When, if you can believe it, view uh, listeners, Blues actually had a bit of money to throw around and had the likes of Alex Scott at the club. Despite venturing over to the other side of the city, Kaz, he knows this club and what it takes to succeed here. 
Oh, definitely. Like, I won't ever slag Marcus off. Like, what he did for the club when he was in charge the first time around, he did it. He did wonders. Do you know what I mean? So, I just think it was the whole fact of he went over to the dark side last season to try and it felt like he went to them and tried to get us relegated type thing. Do you know what I mean? When we were fighting dogfight. We'll see what it brings. We'll see what it brings. Yeah, absolutely. That's all we can do, Kaz. Hi, I'm Jade Pennock and you're listening to the Brummies Blue Podcast. We've made a lot of summer signings. Who has impressed you from the people who have been signed this summer, Kaz? I was very shocked that she came off today, but I quite like Lisa Robinson. Mm-hmm. I thought she's probably one of our like better midfielders that we've got. Um, I quite like the like look the like of um, Sarah Ewans mm-hmm. as well. She's she might become my, my, my new fave, um, other than the ones that I've already got. Obviously, the question is who's my least favorite player out of the ones he's brought in. That's the question you need to be asking. And that's not the question we're going to ask. But <laughs> oh, okay. um, Lisa is a funny one because I think. She she came in as the the best uh, Scottish player of the year uh, last year with Celtic, and I think I still don't think we've seen the best of her. I think maybe maybe I built her up to be better than she is, but I think she's she's fairly consistent. But I think there's more to come from her. So hopefully, under uh, under Darren Carter, we'll see more of her this season. Uh, I, I would agree. With you, I would agree with you as well, Kaz. I think Sarah Younes is one that's been really particularly good, especially when uh, despite her injuries, she's really stood out leading the line when she can. Especially against Villa, I felt I thought we started to turn this turn the tide when she came on in the second half and put pressure on them. I thought Jade Pennock looks qu- quite good as well. Jamie Finn, I thought, has been quite impressive g- given that she's come over from Ireland, which isn't an easy transition straight into the WSL. And obviously, Louise Quinn, um, someone who's come in as captain, who's leading leading the back line. Jade offers that bit of flair, getting the crowd going after she beats a few players, especially on Sunday. I thought the crowd really got up when she beats a few players. Uh, Louise, as I said, great leader, a winner, and will hopefully be a big part of us staying up. And then going a bit more into Jamie. Jamie's shown that real tenacity that we need in this relegation dogfight. She she obviously was on the bench today, but I thought she played in midfield and at right back. She, she slotted in really well. We've seen it's not easy to move, as I mentioned, from Ireland to the WSL. So I, I think she's feeling well and... We touched on the the proposed move to uh, St Andrews last season, Kaz, and now it's kind of reality. What have you made of it so far? Horrendous. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. Give me back the moors any day. The no arguments for me, Kaz. It's it's it's, it's just we it's it's weird. We don't have they don't open a bar for us. Like I've just got literally got home from the Chelsea game, right? And Chelsea have got a nice little setup. They've got a bar where home and away fans can mingle. Do you know what I mean? They've got a few food hubs there and whatnot. And then you've got the Moors and it's a it's a championship. It used to be a premiership stadium. Pitch is too big. The ground they've start the area that the ground that they've put is in is like the, there's no atmosphere whatsoever. Even with me in there, like there's no atmosphere whatsoever, because you can't there's not a big area, it's just all compact. There's no bar, so you can't you can't even meet your your mates before or after the game. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wanted a, at least a bit more off the club, like give the fans something that they can speak to the fans and ask them what they want at, at the Moors. Because nine times out of ten, when we were going to sit at uh, the Moors, we, we, mean, we'd all be in the bar for like 11 o'clock, all mingling, and you, you, there's just none of that now. And it's just a bit, it's a bit... Like it's a bit heartbreaking, tell you the truth. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the facilities on the pitch, though, are much higher standard to what the players were used to last season. Oh, good, yeah. on, on the back of Women's Football Weekend, a lot has been talked about playing at the bigger grounds more often, and I kind of agree. The one-offs where we would used to see Blues play at St Andrews maybe the end of the season for the last game seemed to me to be a bad idea. It feels like an away game if you're playing somewhere you don't usually play. But this season, at least, they're getting a chance to get used to the bigger dimensions on a regular basis. Taking the lack of atmosphere out of it, Kaz, can you see why playing at St Andrews can be seen as a positive for the team, at least? Oh, yeah, I can see why. It's obviously cost-affecting for the club and everything. They're not having to fork out fees for to, to go to a different ground and stuff. You, meant, you mentioned, Kaz, that the club decided to put the fans in the paddocks this year, the, the lower level seating opposite the main stand, for those unfamiliar with St Andrews. Do you think this is a mistake, Kaz? I know seats at Damson Park were primarily behind the dugout in recent years, but the more vocal fans never really sat there. Someone involved with the supporters group in my, in my current capacity, I often feel like I need to be doing more to create an atmosphere. I never really know how to go about it. If anyone watching the show live or listening back has any ideas, feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter. I know some clubs like to do songbooks, but I've not seen much enthusiasm from the fans in recent seasons for that. I often feel like the away fans can be a bit louder than us, and it kind of hurts me when that happens at home games. And uh, I don't know if anyone has any ideas how to improve that. The, the idea of possibly seeing somewhere else in the, in, the, in the stands, do you think that might help the atmosphere or do you think the problem's a bit bigger than that? Like the hope it isn't a bit bigger than that, but I think it is. You speak to nine times out of ten that everybody that used to go to the Moors and ask them if they wanted to play at St Andrews. You've got diehard Blues fans who don't actually go to the games no more because they don't want to be at St Andrews, which is a big shame because... Their support, they've been there longer than what I've been. Yeah. And they're, they're not going on the principle of because it's at St Andrews, which I understand why. And I know we need all the support we can get, but I think the fans need to be involved. When it's something major like that, I think fans, I think the club should be speaking to fans, have a like open night and have question and answer session and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Before making a massive decision. Yeah, I think I think we've we've seen by the the way that the crowds have gone down dramatically from last last time we played at Damson Park with, with with fans in the stadiums, and hopefully it's something that can be corrected. But do you think, Kaz, it might be anything to do with the pandemic? Do you think because we've got a more perhaps more older fan base than some clubs, maybe people are staying away because of that, or do you think that's not not really an issue? I'm not being funny, right? But we've got one of the highest. Ch- charging season ticket h- tickets and we've got one of the highest ticket gates in the WSL. Now, I'm not being funny, but people have been out of work for maybe two years with the pandemic. Why not charge even a fiver, a fiver ahead to get in? Because you can do it with your immense season ticket, you get in for a fiver. I'm not being funny. You, you want all your supporters getting in for the same price. Like, I haven't been for the past five months because I've been out of work because my mental health hasn't been great. So I haven't been able to afford to go. So if it was a five and maybe I might have been able to go. I know it's only five pound cheaper than, but ten pound is a lot when you've been out of work or in the middle of a pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and and people have people have lives. Some sometimes things get in the way. Life, like your life changes. I've had a kid in the last year. I I haven't been able to go down as much as I would have liked. And I I think yeah, Kaz, you you need to, when when things are going bad, you want the fans more than ever. And I think 
as we saw like man city i think it was yesterday the crowds were so much less than what they used to get i don't know if that's anything to do with how badly they're doing or it's just again just an issue with tickets or something but yeah it does seem like there's a growing trend at the moment where tic- uh, attendances aren't that great across the board but particularly at our home game since we moved to st andrews but uh like i said i've in the last seven years, I've missed five games, home and away. And this season, I've been to three. Three games I've been to this season. For me, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, obviously, you touched on this. There are fans, I won't, I won't mention any names, but there are fans who are staying away completely and they won't go to St Andrews because of the move. And that's it's sad to hear people who have been following the team for many years now not being able to go because of where we're playing and that's just it's it's just a sorry state of where we are at the moment unfortunately the final talking point before we touch on the recent matches is tony elliott's promotion to assistant manager i know you are fairly close with his partner kaz so you must have been really chuffed for him a devoted blue himself to get a place in the new backroom staff oh i absolutely love it do you know what i mean he's a blue nose himself and i obviously know what this club means to him and what the women's club means to him so to have tony Assistant coach is fantastic, and for him to take his first first game today against Chelsea, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be more proud. Do you know what I mean? I saw him before the game, and I wished him luck. Yeah, I'm, I'm proper buzzing. I can't, I can't, I can't ex- explain more. It's just, it was probably the best news that we probably could could have got over the summer. No, absolutely, and it's it's so nice he came back twice. That, that that's that, that's 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 Tony. It was great to have him, but great to have him at the club. I'm Marie Harahan, and you're listening to the Brum is Blue podcast. Now, a slightly downwards trend, as we talk about on the pitch, Birmingham City have played eight league matches so far this season, picking up just a single point from a possible 24. A 1-0 defeat to Spurs on the opening day was followed up by defeats to Brighton, Everton, Chelsea and Manchester United. Louise Quinn's goal against West Ham United rescued a point on the road before a run of three defeats well, no, four defeats, I think, now brings us to today. I feel like we've not been that bad, Kaz, despite what the scores may show. It's been more individual areas, errors than bad play that has led us to the position we find ourselves in. I don't know if you agree with that, because I think you think you're more harsh on them than I am. I think some of it has been goalkeeping errors. Um, some of it has definitely, definitely been defensive errors. Um, I think once we figure out who our back, back four is, I don't like a back five. I don't understand why you would play a back five. Once we figure out who our best back four is, I think the quicker the better. Um, because there was two players today, I think I would have liked to have seen against Chelsea. I think there's been a lot of mistakes from the defence, but the midfield hasn't been helping either. And I think once we get somebody who can score goals, maybe it'll all click. But I'm hoping it clicks pretty soon, or we're in deep, 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 deep trouble. Yeah, and you went to you went to Chelsea today, Kaz, enduring a long ninety minutes against the reigning champions and a five 0 defeat. We'll start with the positives first, as you mentioned. Tony got got to manage the Blues, the club he loves. You must have been thrilled for that, Kaz. But what was the, what was the day like as a whole, and um, what what did you think? Do you know what? I actually quite enjoyed my day out. I'm not gonna lie. I know we got we got beat five 0 but do you know what? I enjoyed it. I don't think the players would have enjoyed it, but one, I got to see Tony laid out. The club last season we got beat six nil, and this season we've we conceded five, so that's a plus to start with. Two, 
I know some people aren't going to be happy with what I'm going to say because I've seen this by uh, Sam Kerr's backflip. Three second half, the players t- turned up and they were like, all right, it was all Chelsea, but we still stopped, we still restricted them to goals. I think everybody was expecting us to get beat today, which we did, but plenty of positives in the second half than there was in the first half. And I just can't wait for the, inj- the injured people to come back and get some game time because I think um, some of the players have been missed out of recent games. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you, as, you, as you pointed out, Kaz, the second half was much better. I thought we, we showed a bit more attacking impetus towards the end as well, which was positive to see. We've now two goalkeeping specialist coaches at the club, at least ones with uh, like Tony and, of course, Daniel. Uh, Matrazek, I think is how you say it. I, I apologies if I got his name wrong, but Daniel. Uh, deciding on who should start in goal has been a bone of contention for some fans this season. We've got young goalkeeper Emily Ramsey, who was on loan from Manchester United. Before this season, she'd just played six senior matches since 2018. The pressure you must feel, Kaz, as a young player coming into a new club and being thrown straight into a relegation battle. She made She's made a number of errors this season, but I can understand them. You're going to make errors as a young keeper. You have to learn somewhere. But my issue is that I don't think in our current situation we have the luxury of allowing such mistakes. We need experience, and I think that's why Marie Hurahan was preferred on Sunday against Villa and then Chelsea again today. What do you what do you make of that? Do you think that's that's right, Kaz, or do you think Emily needs to play more games, uh, or or do you think she should stick to the cup for now? Um, do you know what? I think we've got two decent goalkeepers. I th- I rate them both. Like obviously watching Emily play for United a couple of times, and obviously we know a lot about Hurahan. Um, obviously being at the club previously before. But I think Emily's, she's young. I think you're going to make mistakes and the only way you're going to get better is by making mistakes. You're not going to be perfect every game. Mm-hmm. To drop her, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not the one to be asking that question because I quite like Hurahan. I think she's a fan, fantastic goalkeeper. She made a couple of decent saves today against Chelsea. Um, it could have been a lot more. And I think you've got to remember as well, we've had young, unexperienced keepers before likes the likes of Hannah Hampton mm-hmm. and she got thrown into the deep ends and we've seen how good after after all Hannah turned out to be so yes, absolutely. I don't know I don't think there's just a lot of hype around Emily uh, Ramsey and people wanting it to be dropped because she's so young or oh, what well, I don't I don't know Goals also has continued to be an issue for us. Claudia Walker wasn't prolific per se but she kept the goals ticking along all season a goal every four games this season, we're averaging about a goal every four or so games, but the issue is we are conceding far too many as well. It comes back to the goalkeeping situation. If we make a single error in a game, we need to score to get a point. But at the moment, we're making too many lapses, and as a result, we need to score more than one. If we can only muster a goal every four games, there's no, then it's no real wonder why we are in the situation we are. I think Sarah Ewan's being fit again is a big boost. And I think there's still a lot of work to be done. I know you're concerned about where the goals are going to come from, Kaz. But what do you make of the midfield? I don't think Scott knew what his best selection was. Without the bridge between the defence and attack, we're often too slow to get forward to support the strikers. What do you think on that? And who do you think is our best midfield? So, our best midfield, I would probably say Christy Murray, Lisa Robinson. And I'd like to put Lucy Whip in there as well. I think Lucy Whip's very underrated. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see, this sounds stupid, I'd like to see Rebecca Holloway moved into midfield on the on the left. Yeah. 
just to see if she could bring us a bit more width. If you if you know what I mean, do you know like you can have your interchange in left back and left wing midfield, so that they can interchange. Yeah, well, um, would would we need someone on the right hand side if you can play on the left like that, or, or what do you think? I don't know because our our, our best chances of coming from scoring are from our left hand side. Mm. Like Rebecca Holloway today was a was a beast. Like for me, she was our outstanding player of the match yet again. It all depends who you're going to put in in defence as well, if that works. Because for me, my starting eleven would probably be Hurahan in goal, Simkin with Lawley, with Harriet Scott and Rebecca Holloway. If if I had a player there, they'd be my first back four. Then midfield of Christy Murray, Robinson and Lucy Whip. Then I'd put a front, front three of Lucy Whip. No, I've said Lucy Whip. <laughs> Lucy Quinn. Yep. Too many Lucys now. Sarah Ewans. And I'd try V up front with like on the wing. Um, that'd be my my team. I don't know about anybody else's, but I'd like to see that just see that team and see if it would be doing any better than what we've got at the minute. Because, like you said, today the midfield was completely getting cut out. I'm Cecilia Senvai, and you're listening to the Promise Book Podcast. Yeah, I think I think there's no surprise when Lucy Whip came on the second half, we looked a bit better. I think she, last year she looked really good in the midfield, considering she used to play as a, as a forward. But it feels like she fell out of favour since the since the summer and Scott came in, and she's not been playing that often. I think one of the other players who remained from last season also Rebecca Holloway, who's rediscovered her confidence last season. She's continued in a similar vein this year, and I think she's looking to get forward when she can at any t- every possible opportunity and is more aggressive in the tackle, I think, personally this season. Have you seen the same from her, Kaz? Oh, yeah, like today. she was Today she was unreal. Like, I think there was one, I think it was Fran Kirby or Sam Kerr, and she literally just nudged her off the ball and I was like, Rebecca Holloway means business this, this season. And I, I was just, I was just out there, like, giggling to myself, like, she's a beast, like, She's she's up for it. She she looks like she's the only one so far that is up for the fight. Out of all the players that have put that shirt on today, she, her and maybe two others, Christy Murray, and who was the other one? There was three players that I thought played fantastic today. Who looked like they were the only three out up for this up for the fight. Um, it might have been Harriet Scott. Really amazing how if we go back to when Marta was in charge how Bex was then compared to how she is now it's 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 dr- such a dramatic transformation over the last t- year or so it's just it's just phenom- phenomenal to see and she's obviously getting the the rec- uh, recognition she deserves and uh, getting to play for her country as well which is great to see as well um looking ahead to December though Kaz we've got a home game against Manchester City a resurgent Manchester City a Conti Cup game with London City Lionesses and then a big away trip to Leicester City, which could be the big say on the relegation race. I don't think any of those games are going to be easy, Cars. Man City surely aren't going to be this bad forever, as as we saw this weekend with the players expected to return from injury. There'll be a different outfit by the 12th of December. London City Lionesses, formerly Millwall, a second in the Women's Championship, or at least they were before I last checked. They might have gone down since today, I don't know. And look to be able to, be able to get, uh, give everyone a game. And then finally, Leicester City, newly promoted and a team that have now got the former Blues, such as Georgia Brome, Connie Schofield and Abby Grant. 
We'll touch it on each of them in turn, Kaz. What have you made of Man City's decline this season? It's it's laughable, isn't it? The amount of money that that club's put in and how the mighty have fallen. Like I did not expect Manchester City to be like this bad. I know they've got a lot of injuries and I know they've got some of the better players out. But the strength that they have, they should be doing better than what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at look at just look at the the team sheet and look on the bench, they've still got quality players. And and like when we had so many injury issues last season, and we still like managed to struggle to get points and still got some points. It, it's remarkable how Man City can't do the same. And it's it's why people are asking questions about Gareth Taylor, but he he still remains in the job for now at least. Um, London City Cars have beaten Liverpool, Sunderland, and narrowly lost to one nil to West Ham in the County Cup this season. With the Women's Championship perhaps the most competitive it's been since the WSL2 was formed, what have you made of their rise in recent uh, this this season in particular, especially with the likes of Jamie Lee Napier going there? Oh, I think it's been, like you said, the Championship's probably one of the better, the better league at the minute because it's so, it's so open. But yeah, I think the Lionesses is probably hopefully challenging Liverpool for the title this season and they'll do, I think they'll do all right, like, They've got Jamie Lee Napier. We know what Jamie's all about. She's got the pace and, and everything to go with it. So hopefully we can get something out of that game. I think if we don't get anything out of that game, I think we will be struggling, which is a great shame of a club like out uh, Birmingham City. It's the sort of game, though, Kaz, because we cannot uh, no longer qualify from the Conti Cup. Is it a game where you'd, you'd probably you'd probably try some new academy players out to see how they do, just to see if they can compete? to possibly go into the team and into the league matches where it counts? Um, I'm going to say no. I think you should be putting your first, your strongest side out and trying to get some goals and trying to boost some of your confidence. I know some people would like to see the kids come through, but we haven't won a game this season. Like you said, we've only scored, is it two goals all, all season? Something like that. So why not put your full strength side out? Give them a confidence boost. Let them try and go out there and score some goals and keep a clean sheet. Yeah, it's it's obviously it's obviously like four days before the big Leicester game. Does that change your opinion, or do you think still momentum counts more than tired legs? Yeah, I still think any anybody that's going to the Leicester who's playing in the Leicester game, they need to be treating that like their lives depended on it because I know the fans that are go will be going there. We'll be expecting that. So, yeah, you've, you you have got a slight point, haven't you? Tired legs or trying to get three points in the league. I'd rather have the three points in the league. So, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 big, the big trip to the Foxes, it's not at the King Power, unfortunately. It's a trip to Burton and the Pirelli Stadium on the 19th of December. When I saw the players Leicester brought in, I thought WSL experienced players and they'd be safely mid-table, but it's not turning out that way for them. Another late defeat uh, against Everton today. Where do you think they've gone wrong, Gaz? Do you know what? I haven't got a clue, Craig. Um, the players that they've brought in, like you said, a WSL experience, so they should they should have done it. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just haven't clicked. That's all I can think of. Like they haven't had time to properly gel. Like our team hasn't had properly time to gel yet. Um, yeah, because we saw we, yeah. we saw last year Villa did a similar thing. They brought in a lot of new players after getting promoted, 
And then they didn't rely on the players who got them promoted in the first place. And Leicester have probably done the same sort of thing. They brought a lot of players in who have played at this level, but haven't really played together at this level. So do you, th- do you think you should try and not make as many changes when you get promoted? Or do you think the risk of going down is too great that they have to try and make the changes to, uh, to survive? Don't get me wrong. Bring players in that are going to complement your team. Don't just go out looking for random WSL experienced players. Do you know what I mean? I think you should always bring in players that are going to make your team better. Not fill your team up with a team that's played in the league, but like they've never played together. I would, personally, I would say maybe it's four max. If your team's good enough to get promoted, then you should, I think, then players that got you promoted should be given the opportunity to prove themselves in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. Someone like Natasha Flint, who scored 17 goals in the championship last season, but is starting about half of their matches so far this season. It's a different level of of football, Kaz, but do you find it strange their star striker has now fallen out of favour at at a crucial time? I definitely do. Um, We all know what Natasha Flint's made of. Like She's played in the WSL before with Manchester City. So, yeah, I I, I rate her. Like, if I could have Tash Flint playing for Birmingham City, I would do, because I think she's a cracking little player. If they don't want to play her, Kaz, we'll get her on loan. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) Uh, And Sarah Ewan's up front. I think it'd be your dream team. That would be. Why not? Get get, get on the phone, Tony, if you're still there. It's certainly going to be a a huge game for us, and we encourage all Blues fans to get down to Burton Albion's ground on December the 19th to cheer the team on. That's all for this week's show then. Thank you to Kaz for joining me once again tonight. It's been great getting on the on 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 the uh, on the call again to talk about blues. You've been listening to the Brummies Blue podcast. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Brummies Blue. And as always, remember to keep right on. <laughs>